Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate everybody that's tuning in. This podcast is now up on YouTube. You can find us. All you got to do is type in the Big Honker Podcast, and uh, all of our episodes are up there now. So go check it out. Subscribe. Hit the like and subscribe button. I bet you hadn't heard that before a million times. The hunting season is over. The boring days of the waiting until September to get here. And listening to the Big Honker Podcast, apparently. And we do appreciate everyone for listening. We want to thank our sponsors. First sponsor is Alpha Outdoor Specialties, which is also our newest sponsor. And they're coming out with the Stanfield Stool, which we will release by the end of the month. So it was Alpha Outdoor Specialties. They can do anything. Fabrications, they got it all. Alpha Outdoor Specialties. And we will have a lot more on Alpha Outdoor Specialties after we release the Stanfield Stool, which will be the new way to hunt in comfort in an A-frame or a pit blind. No more hemorrhoids. Nope. I'm sitting on a bucket for too long. Alpha Outdoor Specialties. And then let's talk about Dive Bomb. It is the end of the year. The One of the major selling points of Dive Bomb is they are easy to pack away when the season is over. Especially if you get the bags like I've been telling you to do for the last three years. You get the bags, you put them away, clean them off, hose them off, do whatever you got to do, let them dry. Back in the bags, back in storage. For us, we just... Uh, we, we cleaned out our trailers and uh loaded them back up so it's an easy storage solution you don't have to take up a whole grain silo like you do with those clunky ass full bodies to me that is really packing them up is kind of the best thing uh in my mind and they're sitting ready to roll next year as soon as we ready to go to hunt we could go to north dakota in august if we wanted to to hunt and we could pull a trailer up there and it's ready to go uh, they got some new products on the market. They got the uh, kickback laydown chair. So if you're looking for that, it's got armrests and a nice, uh, hell, I think it'll even give you a massage if you get the deluxe version. But they got a lot of cool new products. You can check them out at divebombindustries.com. And if you're looking for an uh, easy way to uh, get away from the bulk of full bodies, Dive Bomb is definitely the way to go. And our boys over at Boss. Brandon and them got it going on. Folks. All made in America. It only, it's like a train. Only takes one. You don't have to shoot them three times to kill them. It takes one. They've had they've had product all winter. You've had to order them in the morning to get them by the time the day's out. I had a guy message me today and said, Jeff, I'm coming to see you next November. When do I need to order my boss? I said, as soon as you want to do it. He said, I ordered it. It's on the way now. It so doesn't go bad. If you come to the Big Honker Lodge, you can order your boss. Have it sent directly to the lodge. Pick it up when you're here. Guys from California that hunt with me, a lot of them order all their shells, have them delivered here, pick them up when they leave on a hunt because they can't get them in California without going through a bunch of paperwork and pain in the ass so if you want a boss that's the way to go that's bossshotshells.com hardest workers ever i mean to to be faced with what they have had to overcome this this uh this waterfowl season with the supply chain and all that other bullshit and to have inventory in stock ready to roll my hat's off to them they pulled it off uh they're the best in the business so that's that's who you should spend your money with bossshotshells.com some more people you should spend your money with are the boys up there, Spoke Compton, Washington, Mr. Trevor, Austin, Alex Jurgis, Pacific Calls. If you want to call in a bird, they've got a call for you. Whether you're chasing lessers, honkers, specks, snows, turkeys, turkeys coming up, they're a one-stop shop. And they are incredible guys. Um, if you want some custom engravings or whatever, I'm sure they'll be more than happy to oblige you. Just drop them a message, PacificCustomCalls.com. They've also got some sweet-looking gear that they're getting ready to release, uh, hats, shirts, and stuff stuff of the like. And I've gotten more messages about this. They said, hey, I saw you were wearing a Smoke'em shirt on the YouTube channel. 
How do I get that? Well, it's easy. You go to PacificCustomCalls.com. They just got a fresh batch up yesterday, and they're not going to last very long. So check them out, PacificCustomCalls.com, and uh, tell them the Big Honker Podcast people sent you. We're also brought to you by Shin Gear Waiters, the best waiters that are on the market right now. They're so comfortable. I mean, it's like you're walking on clouds. It really is. I didn't get to wear them a whole lot. I only got to wear them a couple times, as a matter of fact. But the times that I did, I did not want to. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to come out of them. I, I I could easily see myself dry land hunting in, a, in an A-frame with shin gears on. I mean, they're that comfortable. You don't know that they're on you. The boots are incredible. The fabric uh, around your your torso and your legs are impeccable. They're tough. They're resistant, and they come with a with a guarantee that they're going to stand behind their product for as long as you stand in them. So if you spring a leak, you call the people over at Shin Gear, and they'll get you taken care of in a reasonable amount of time. It's not like other companies where you have to order two pair of waders just to have one. You send them to them, they fix them in a, in a short amount of time, they send them right back to you, you're ready to rock. I haven't had one person tell me that they – and everybody we're a sponsor from, people give us feedback on them. Right. I haven't had one person give feedback yet that they had problems with waders. Not no. one person. And no. We've been, they've been sponsored for six months. It's the best. If you get what you pay for in this country. We ought to know right. that by now. If you get on Amazon and you buy something and it's cheap, usually you're getting a cheap product. If you buy something and you pay for good quality service and it costs a little bit more, you're getting what you're paying for with Machine Gear. It's exactly what you get. Good quality product with great customer service. That's ShinGear.com. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. It's the way I start my morning every day out here at the Big Honker Lodge. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. The Missouri Boat Ride Blend, the best that there is. Ever since I've had COVID coffee, has kind of had this bitter, weird taste to it. The Missouri Boat Ride, I do not get that. Little hints of sugar, and I'm out the door. Thermos is ready to rock and roll. Incredible people over there at Dirty Duck Coffee. They're always trying to find a new blend that works for everybody. But I'm telling you, if you get yourself the Missouri Boat Ride Blend, you will not be disappointed. They're going to uh, hunting shows right now. I saw, I think they're at uh, the Houston, Houston Safari Club. Houston Safari Club. So if you're, if you're in the Houston area, uh, go check them out. I'm sure they'd be delighted to shake your hand and sell you a nice bag of premium roast coffee. It's delicious. Dirty Duck Coffee. You won't be disappointed. Also, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck, maker of the best A-frame that is on the market, the Lucky Duck 2x4 Blind. It fits four grown men as advertised. It's tough. It's durable. Uh, take your hide wherever you go. Uh, they also make waterproof spinners that are the best. And I tell you, another product that we just got turned on to is their goose flapper. We had uh, a very tough second half of our season, but actually the Lucky Duck goose flapper convinced some wary speckle bellies and honkers and some snow geese to just give it up on a dime. If you're running into that problem, maybe your geese are getting a little wary of the flag, put that goose flapper out. It does make a big difference. Um, it's remote operated. You can uh, you can change the wing cadence just off a touch of a button. You can turn it completely off. You can turn it on. Uh, they're easy to move around. So one morning we had them on the wrong side. Geese were finishing uh, where we didn't want them to. Picked them up, moved them. No problem at all. That is over at LuckyDuck.com. And I'm telling you, the more more tools you have in your tool chest, better off you'll be. LuckyDuck.com. Uh, also, we're brought to you by the boys at the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast, Mr. Logan Pyatt and Rebel Heron. Great guys. Uh, if you subscribe to their Patreon account, you can get full access to all the debauchery that they have going on over there. Uh, the bourbon review is still free to everybody, but if you want to hear 
uh, the nitty gritty and the good stuff. You got to pay a little bit. Go to their Patreon site, uh, pay your monthly subscription, and away you go. I think you can even spend up to 20 bucks if you want to. You can get the gold elite status. Uh, but they're great guys. They have a hell of a podcast. It's fun to watch them grow um, as podcast hosts. So we hope that you would tune in the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Also, we're brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. Take care of your four-legged critter. The quick-release system ensures that that dog is where you want it to be, and it does not take a step forward until you're ready for it to. Um, I, tell you, I, I use it every single morning. Hook it onto Lou. It's easy to use. Pull the chain, and then there he goes um, when I, whenever I'm ready to release him. It's got anchors and different hookups to where if you're hunting out of a boat or a pit blind or whatever you got, you can always set up your quick release system. Works everywhere. Also, they've got the field trauma kit, which I think every hunting bag needs, every pickup truck needs. Um, stop bleeding, stay warm, matches. I mean, it's got it all. Um, Alex Langbell has taken his career as a first responder, and he has put it all in a little bag for you. So if something bad happens, either to hunting buddy, your dog, you're ready to go. So check them out at Gundog Outdoors and at least get the field trauma kit because you need it. Also, we're brought to you by Steak Plains Meats. If you've seen the price of hamburger meat at the store, you would know why so many people are starting to buy bulk. They're getting these whole, uh, these whole steers. They're getting these whole beefs delivered. Um, if you've got the freezer space, it's definitely worth doing. Uh, hamburger meat's getting ridiculous. All the meat is getting ridiculous right now. But if you can, if you've got the storage, I would say everybody needs to stock up, buy in bulk. You can go to Steak Plains Meats down there in Crosbyton, Texas, um, and they will deliver to you. They do. They do custom order steaks. They do it all. It's just a nice old fashioned meat market, and that's what you need. And I'm telling you, we just got it. We just got a whole beef here delivered at the lodge the other day. It'll get you. It's going to get us through the summertime. We got three families. We'll take turns. Well, not take turns. We'll just get whatever we need to get out of it. Hamburger meat. Yesterday, I checked on price of hamburger meat. Almost seven dollars a pound. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean that's what a steak was not long ago. Yeah. And so you you know if if you're on if you're on a budget you know take save a month's worth of money go get your stuff and save that meat because meat's going to be in high demand if you're buying it off grocery stores all the time. There's plenty of cattle in Texas. Buy it local. Go to a local meat place like Steak Plains Meats. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. If you're wanting dates for this coming waterfowl season, uh, you better get on the horn within the next couple of weeks because number one, we sell out most of our dates the year before. And what dates we do have left, uh, they're going pretty quick. I've got right now the week before Christmas and the week between Christmas and New Year's, I still have some dates open. If you want any of that, you better look, call me pretty fast. November dates are going real quick. we got an extra week of season we're going to get probably the November 5th week, so I have some of them dates still open. But if you want dates and you want on our calendar, you need to let me know pretty damn fast. And, yes, I do answer my phone. Had someone ask me that again today. It's really Jeff. Yeah. Is this really you, Jeff? Yes. Uh, nobody else is going to answer the phone around here. I don't even know how to answer it. <laughs> too fancy anyways call me or send an email goose at west w-e-s-t-e-x.net or jstanfield68 on instagram thank you so much god bless y'all okay ladies and gentlemen this episode of the podcast we are joined by clancy soderbeck up there in the great state of idaho he is friends with our friends uh mr trevor austin and all the guys over at pacific calls so uh talk to him about the last season and kind of how they do it up there in Idaho and uh, eastern Washington. Uh, a lot of fun to talk to. 
A lot of fun to talk to. So we hope you enjoy it. Here he is, Clancy Soderbeck. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Pacific Calls. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. That is, that is I, Jeff. That is I. You are world-famous. I am, you know. That just, it grows every day. Do you ever have kids stop you and want to autograph in town? All the time. Did you kids, get, like in this, in Knox City? Anywhere. Oh, no, they don't know what they're dealing with. Did you see? You, you I'm, autog- I'm just a commoner here, Jeff. In, in Mexico, we had to autograph that shirt. Yeah. Those people behind me were like, who the fuck's that fat guy? Who are these people? That fat guy right there looks kind of familiar. That's right. I'm trying to figure out who it was. I thought John Candy died. John Candy died 80 years ago. All right, here we go today. With us today from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and that is a rich man's paradise, I'm That's telling right. you right now. A waterfowl hunter, Mr. Clancy Soderback. How you doing, Clancy? Hey, good, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, did you grow up in Coeur d'Alene? Uh oh. Family moved here when I was about ten or eleven. So you've been there basically your whole life, two thirds of your life. Yeah, I mean the the main parts. Yeah, growing up in the growing up years, I spent here in Coraline. Yeah. Um, or just a little north in Rathrum, but yep. So how was your uh, how was your waterfowl season this last year? Was it uh, good, average, below average? I'd say it was pretty good. Um, the area up here was pretty average. Um, we didn't get a good push of birds out of Canada because it was just so mild into sure. the beginning part of the year. And then um, I call it a great year because I got to go to Texas for the first time this year. Saw that on your and, Instagram. Uh, so, yeah, when it got real nice here um, for hunting, I was down in Texas, but it was real nice there too. So that was real fun. Now and, is that- uh, Then we finished up the year. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that... Oh, uh, we just... We finished... <laughs> there's a little lag here, so you're going to have to bear with me. Is that your first time hunting cranes? Yes, sir. What'd you think? Yep. Never... Uh, haven't even seen one until we went down there. What, what'd you think? What was your impression of it? Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was... Uh, it's really cool. You can... I was uh, surprised how well you can hear them from farther away than... I thought, you know, they're, the sound they make seems to travel really far. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kind of just, like, float into the decoys. I kind of compared it to, like, mosquitoes, how they, like, kind of hover on the wind. And they just float right back, right down in. And that was uh, really cool to see. Really fun. Now, let me ask you this. Did you ever have a bad crane hunt? No. No, we had a couple good days of crane hunting. Cause a bad day of crane hunting that'll make you that'll make you not like them so much. <laughs> I, I know how much you like them. I've heard uh, I've heard you comment on them several times. But but you're yeah, right though. No, whenever when they do it right, it's beautiful. And I mean that you know they glide right in. And when they do it right, 
it's awesome. I mean, you'll never, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, put into words how majestic they really are whenever they come in and they drop those big old drumsticks down and, uh, you just unleash hell on them about the time that those toes touch the sand and you just piss pound them. But the days where they're yeah, just flying by, was... you're like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, no, I could see. I've had those days, definitely not with just cranes, but, you know. Yep, I can see how you'd uh, not have a great crane hunt, and that might make you pretty mad at them. Now, do you guide hunts, or do you just hunt on your own? No, I just hunt on my own. I'm not not a waterfowl guide. Um. I know a couple friends with quite a few of them, but um, I uh, have always uh, been a mechanic, so I work on lots of heavy equipment, cranes, and big trucks. Like a so diesel that's mechanic. Been my like a diesel mechanic. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, you can make a good that's living that way. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty pretty fortunate in the area. Like Jeff said, it's grown real real fast and. So whenever they're building stuff, they're breaking stuff and go out there and fix it up. Well, I tell you what, that is a pretty, pretty, pretty area right there. Them, them homes on that lake. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho is one of the prettiest places I've seen. Oh, it's very beautiful. Um, and it's growing. So we're trying to keep the expansion to as little as possible. But, no, it is uh, those those lake homes are just – it's hard to even explain them. Mansions on the water and – it's real, real fun to look at. I, you know, drive around and look at them and go, what if? <laughs> now, do you do your hunting mostly around that area or do you, uh, are, are you hunting in different areas? Um, a lot around this area, Lake Coeur d'Alene that all those houses are on down towards the south end of it. It's got some real marshy areas where, uh, some rivers flow in and create little deltas. And so we hunt a lot of that. Um, we hunt north of here, um, up towards the Canadian border quite a bit. Uh, we hunt a little farther south on some of that stuff below us. So, I mean, we travel, oh, two and a half hours in either direction sometimes, depending on where the birds are and what's going on. Right. Now, is it is it fairly easy to uh, to get on? It's a high rent district out there. Is getting on property is it pretty easy to do for you? Well, I mean, and you growing up there, I'm sure has an advantage that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of uh, public land where you can go and do a lot of water hunts um, around on the lake and such. And then there's lots of fields around that the geese hit, obviously, and. Um, there's a couple farmers in the area where they're pretty much run it like public land and uh, they'll let anyone hunt and don't call them if someone beats him to the spot, beats you to the spot you wanted to hunt and he doesn't want to hear about it, but his land's all pretty open. So he lets a lot of people do that. And then we have some permissions from some places that, you know, kind of just let a few groups that we all kind of know hunt those ones. So now that's got to be a clusterfuck if a guy gives multiple people permission to hunt. Because some jackass is going to be setting up the night before. Has that happened? Oh, yeah. No, you run into that. Yeah, no, there's days, not so much the night before, but there's a couple guys that will go out there if they really want to hunt a spot, they're setting up at 1 in the morning. And uh, so it's a game that you got to play if you want to run that stuff. Normally, um, 
we'll just stick to the stuff that we have pretty exclusive access to. But now I've heard about several uh, arguments you could say in the in the fields in the morning from some other guys that just like anywhere, you know, anywhere public. And I, I got to imagine, like, whenever, you know, calling the farmer is like a death sentence up there, uh, if, you know, for some people. Like, you call the farmer, and he's like, I don't want to hear about it. Just, you guys are grown fucking men. Work it out. Like, quit acting like children and calling me at 4 o'clock in the morning. This is ridiculous. Do not call. Yeah, no, they, uh, they, he does not want to hear a phone call about it. So, and that's the thing, too, is if he gets phone calls about it, he starts to get mad. And then we don't have a whole lot of, we have, like, a really skinny flyway for north idaho um we get a some of the birds and stuff from washington will spill over because we're so close but really if you look at the map we have a channel that runs from canada straight down and it's just a valley with mountains on both sides and uh they kind of cruise down that and they'll spill into the, the pacific flyway afterwards but um it's there's not a whole lot of areas and so when they're in an area everybody's got eyes on it and uh, no, it can he'll he'll uh, shut the whole thing down if if people call and start complaining that so and so beat him to the spot or that's where they normally hunt and someone else hunts there. So no, it's just a it's a game. Yeah, and it's best just to handle it yourself. Like what's I mean, you know what's he gonna do? He's gonna come out there and kick somebody off of his land? Like he didn't give a fuck. He just wants to catch his eight hours and and drive his tractor. So are are you considered uh, Central Flyway where you are then? No, it's still Pacific. We're real close to Spokane, Washington. Okay. So all of our birds funnel down uh, through Spokane into the eastern part of Washington and Oregon, and I think keep end up flying down, ending up in California. Now, is is Spokompton as bad as Trevor and Alex make it out to be, or are they just kind of embellishing a little bit? There are some areas where I wouldn't leave a vehicle overnight, <laughs> definitely. Um, there are some places where, you know, I'd definitely make sure your vehicle's locked when you go into a store. Um, and if it ain't nailed down, they're going to, you know, I had a, we have a bunch of service trucks and they run around all day. And I had a guy stop at a place to grab some uh, parts and he came back out to his truck and someone ripped the light bar off of his truck and cut the wire so yeah no it's uh it can be there's good areas there's bad areas well i i can't figure it out i mean if it i'm sure it's beautiful there but jesus i mean what trevor's gotta get out of there if it's that bad you gotta nail all your shit down yeah they're working on it they're working on it i think the we're working on a move, so we'll see what they come up with here in the next couple months. Now, they're going, uh, what, they, they've got a new shop being built in Idaho. How close is that going to be to you? Um, from where I'm sitting right now at my office, probably four miles. Oh. So real close, yeah. That'll be nice. Well, I tell you what, we had a blast with Trevor in Mexico. He's a good, good, he's a good dude. That looked like a fun trip. I, it, was, uh, I was happy that... He was down there. He was he was a good guy. His wife, she's a great lady. They are they are class act people right there. And yeah, I know he's been real fun to get to know over the last couple of years. How did you get to know him? You just bought his call, and then you developed a friendship that way, or just kind of growing up in that area? They were the ones you went after. No, actually, I um, was looking at buying one a couple of years ago online, and I was like, I know they're in Spokane, 
Um, so I'm in Spokane every day in, in a service truck. So I was like, hey, I'll just see if I can like swing by the shop. And uh, I called uh, the, no, I messaged him on Instagram first and said, hey, like I'd like to come down, pick some calls up and see what's going on. And I just walked into the shop and got to meet everyone that day. And they were all in there jamming away. And uh, then just kind of got some phone numbers and said, hey, you hunt here, I hunt here, you know. Sometime, if you got some free time, let's go see what we can make happen. And he took you up on it, and here we are all these years yeah, later. Yeah, I have mostly um, I've hunted with Stefan. He's um, a good son. Oh, he's a great dude. <laughs> yeah, You're a big fan of Stefan. So uh, me and him hunted together a lot, and I've hunted with Trevor a couple times, but mostly it's been me and Stefan and a couple of the other guys uh, from the shop, Wilson and Matt, been running around and uh doing that stuff well if you ask stefan he is the mvp of that uh of that shop so you know all you gotta do is ask stefan and and he'll tell you yep he is the glue (laughs) (laughs) he is the glue he is the the straw that stirs the drink yeah yeah mustache has got to go though that's that's uh, i don't know how he gets laid in that thing i don't know either i think i what? I like it when he's, he gets a little better looks when he's got everything there. When it's just the mustache, mustache, it's looking pretty rough. Stefan is by far the best looking man at that place. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you there, but I'm just he's saying a, he's he a could, ladies' magnet. He could go up a half a point if he'd get rid of that porn mustache. I think the porn mustache is what sets him off. Kind of it's like a conversation starter. Doc Holiday. There you go. Yeah, yeah. When the, they see that and they just got to know what's going on, they yeah, get closer we, and then he grabs. We were in St. Louis, and some gal walked by, and she goes, you mind if I ride on that? I mean, I was like, that guy's a stud. <laughs> oh, yeah. fucking Stephen. So, uh, what do you think about all this shit going on in Ukraine? Oh, you know, I don't know what to believe, or, you know, uh, there's a whole, I don't know. When's the last time we got told the truth by anyone? Are, good, very good uh, points. Are you a QAnoner, or, or are you just coming by, by this uh, through your own research? I don't get into a whole lot. Pretty much have three rules: don't fuck with me, don't fuck with kids, don't fuck with women. Anything else is on par. Uh, what so about Ukrainian really, women and children? Well, that yeah, that that's on the list. But do we need to be the world police? I don't think so. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. Do you there. think they're covering up some of our misdealings over there? Do you think what this, some of this is about? There's, that's a big possibility. You know, why, there's uh, been money flowing from pockets to pockets, and I heard you know Ukraine's a place where you go to make that money disappear for something. Yeah, it's hard. I I do not have any faith in our government, and I have less faith in our media, and. And there's a lot of innocent people yeah. that are being used as pawns in this game, and you've seen them blowing them up left and right over there. And yeah, no, I just I seen another picture of um, some Ukrainian soldiers like flash across some a news channel, and they're holding cardboard cutouts of AKs, and those aren't real useful if your country's being attacked. I don't no. know why you'd run around. There's there's something going on there. I saw that. Um, where they asked our Senate and our Congress to fund $65 billion for aid to Ukraine and for COVID for the Fauci virus. And what wears me out is that is why are we responsible to pay for this shit? We're, we've got homeless people stacked up like 
you know, firewood in all of our cities in America right now. And, and yeah. most of them fuckers can get a job. I don't feel sorry for most of them. I do feel sorry for some of them. But I don't understand why it's our responsibility to be the world's wallet either. Because if we give $60 billion out of that $65 billion, we couldn't come up with $5 billion to build a wall on our south deal, on our southern border. But we're going to pay $60 billion to Ukraine. How much of that's going to end up in some rich guy's pocket? Um, a good 80% of it, probably. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. T- Tony, uh, Jeff's brother, he, you know, he's, uh, he's a conspiracy theorist, but he, he doesn't think that, what, what did he say the other day? This is, uh, not a false flag, but, um, I don't even remember. I, was, I don't know. He spouts so much stuff off that it's hard to, well, we, first, he, first he said it was all theater. Then he said that there was a war going on and then it was back to theater. So I don't, it's hard. He's not, he's not a good source. He was not happy with us. I'm not the best source either, but I did hear something about they've been fighting a civil war for like six years or something, and the Russians are on one side of that civil war helping that side, and the other side is just the Ukrainian government. So I'm really not super, super aware of what's going on. I kind of I kind of don't I listen to any of the news or any on that stuff. I don't even really have TV that plays the news. So See, and that's, that's what's so <laughs> fucked up about everything is – you can't trust anything that you see on television. Like you used to be able to go to a news source and expect, you know, to get a little bit of a story. You know, you might not get the entire story. You might get one side of the story, but you're getting a piece of the story. Things are so fucked up right now that I I don't trust Fox news any more than I trust CNN or any news organization. Nope. I, uh, I don't pay attention to a lot of it and it would uh, be a really weird day for anyone to try and invade us here. I don't think that, I mean, I'm not in the know of, you know, anyone's plans, but for Russia to invade here, I think that would be pretty dumb of them. Well, I mean, let's face you know, it. It's, it's taken them what we're on day eight, nine or 10 of them in the Ukraine and they still only, well, they've topped one city. Is that it? Uh, they, I think they've actually got inroads now in three or four or five different places. But, but either way, it's they're not mowing them. over like everybody thought they would. No, but, yeah. but I don't think the Russian soldiers wanting to fight either. I think he's done. He, he's. I think that Putin's ha- Putin's troops, from what I I saw some stuff on uh, Instagram, and again, you don't know what your sins were or not. But it showed the ladies and the kids was using the cell phones of the Ukrainians to call their moms and let dads and let them know that they were okay and. So, you know, I, mm. I, I don't know. I, those poor people over there, I mean, that would be like our our neighbors fighting each other, just trying to kill each other. I mean, there's a border there, but a lot of these people are all, you know, have got family in both places. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a horrible, horrible deal. So I'm assuming you voted for Joe Biden. Is that true? <laughs> oh, I, you know, I did vote. I hope it went to the right side. I, uh, <laughs> so... You never know with the voting machines on where my vote actually went, but uh, nope, wasn't for him. Yep. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk some hunting now. So, do you, you feel you you field shooting ducks up there? You know, every once in a while we'll get a good field shoot. Um, a lot of the we have lots of like areas where they feed in water, um, some marsh areas and stuff like that. So every once in a while we'll catch them in a field and put a good hunt on them. But for the most part. A lot more field geese than field ducks. 
Now, the, the panhandle of Idaho is where you're hunting at, correct? Yes, sir. Now, I was going through there, and it's pretty mountainous, correct? Mm-hmm. I didn't see yes, a lot. Sir. In the the lakes I saw looked like big, deep lakes. They didn't look like water, like you would be shooting mallards and stuff on. Now, do you all have a lot of that there? Yeah, so we're, we get a lot of rivers that flow in and out, and where those rivers create a delta into the lake, um, it creates a big, you know, bunch of backwater sloughs and stuff like that where we get to have a lot. We have quite a few mallards and a bunch of pintails, a bunch of widgeon. Um, nowhere to the amount of widgeon like up on the other side of Washington, but still quite a bu- quite a few. And, uh, yeah, no, we got – we got some good areas where it's not deep, deep water, but we do have some real deep water too, like uh, Ponderé Lake, which is kind of just a little bit north of Coeur d'Alene is I think like the fourth deepest lake in the lower 48 or something like that. Whew. It goes down to 1,400 feet. Oh, shit. Now that was created by uh, like glaciers and stuff back a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like the Lake Missoula flood or something historically that they called that. Yeah, I, I, I was listening uh, listening to a podcast recently about all that stuff. Fascinating how it all was formed. Now, uh, yeah. have you killed any Eurasian widgeons where you're at? Or is that more? I have not. I've seen one through a pair of binoculars, um, but I've not, not killed any of those yet. I had a gentleman send me one the other day, and it's just crazy how many birds are being shot on the west coast how many people are shooting eurasian widgeons now yeah i think the numbers were definitely up this year as far as how many were over here versus how many have been over um because i even know some guys that down in lewiston idaho south of us about two hours that saw some there so i don't know if it's just getting more and more popular Someone killed a, him to come over. Someone killed a banded one. Boy, that'd be a hell of a trophy. Boy, that's no shit. And then I saw a, a pintail that was killed the other this year that was banded in downtown Tokyo. Wow. And it, it was killed in I want to say in Louisiana, maybe. Just I saw it the other it. day. I saw it the other day, but it was banded in downtown Tokyo. That is a trip and a half. Yeah, it's just crazy how the, something like that. You know, and I don't know if it was something where it did every year. You know, they don't know that either. Or if it just got blown mm-hmm. over in a big storm and got pushed thousands of miles away. But crazy shit. It, it, it's just, waterfowl is amazing. What's the weirdest thing you've shot up there? Um, The weirdest thing I've shot? Um... Man, I don't know if I've shot anything weird. I have shot one banded mallard. Um, it was only banded a couple hundred miles from where I shot it, though, so it wasn't anything crazy, crazy. Um, other than that, I just uh, just the regular old run-of-the-mill puddle ducks. I mean, we got a bunch of divers, too, but um, every once in a while we'll do a river hunt for them, but not very often I got a, got a thing for the puddle ducks, I guess. Now, are you shooting mainly big honkers, or is it? Uh, do you have some lessers that come through also? Mainly big honkers, uh, over especially right here in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe shot one or two lessers here this year. They were just hanging out with big honkers, um, and when got shot when the when the group landed or whatnot. But we don't really get lesser flights right through here i know over in moses lake where 
Trevor guides and stuff. Um, they do a lot more lesser hunting, but yeah, right through here, we just get just the big ones. Now, how far is Moses Lake from where you are? Um, I'd say it's two and a half, three hours to the west of here. So it's a, it's not it's not right in your backyard. It's it's a drive. No, no, it's not real close. But I mean, it's it's close enough that if you want to hunt over there, you can because Trevor goes over every weekend to, to guide. So it's, yeah, it's about. Western Washington for people that's never I mean Eastern Washington for people that's never been there does not look nothing like you expect it would look like. No, that's what I've heard. I mean, you go out of Coeur d'Alene, which is as pretty a country Lake Tahoe, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho are probably a lot alike. I've never been to Tahoe, but I'm assuming that's big pretty water and mountains and just beautiful. And you go to you get to Spo Compton and you get to the other side of town past the Amazon warehouse and it shit, it looks like Pierre, South Dakota. I was shocked. I was like, what the fuck? If you dropped me out of a plane and I landed there, I would have th- never thought I was in eastern Washington. Yeah, no, it changes pretty drastically once you climb, uh, go by that big Amazon building. Yeah, it's like a hot you desert start, there. Yeah, the trees disappear and it just becomes rolling hills like fields and sagebrush. And when, and when you say the trees disappear, there ain't two fucking trees between there and the North Pole. I mean, there's fucking nothing there. I go to Pasco, uh, which is a little south of Moses Lake, for work pretty often. And on the way down there, uh, by a big prison they have named Connell. And right before the prison on the highway, there's one pine tree, and it's, like, staked down so it doesn't, like, blow over in the wind. And it <laughs> says Connell National Forest. <laughs> <laughs> so I just found that. It says uh, it was banded. It was at least 14 years old. was banded the day after Christmas on 2001. At the Saitama Duck Refuge in Obayashi, more than 5,000 miles from Delavan, which is in California. It was in California. Okay, I'm sorry. It was in California. It's the 16th Pintel, 16th duck banded in Japan that has been recovered in California. I am impressed that I think you got that name right of that duck refuge. I'm sure I did, Jeff. Say it again. (laughs) Uh, Obayashi. I, th- I bet that's pretty damn close. I bet I bet I, mean, I, bet I nailed it. I bet you I think you did? Yeah. 5,000 miles, though. I mean, and listen, I don't know where this refuge is, but I got to assume most of that is probably ocean miles. So I, where I was, the fuck did this duck park its ass long enough oh, I'll bet you that duck, to replenish itself? I'll bet you that duck winters in Kamchatka. Oh, yeah, Kamchatka. I know where that is. And then is. cuts across like Dutch Harbor in that way. And I bet that's how it happened. It's not as impressive since it's in California when I thought it was in Louisiana, but it's still, I mean, well, I mean, it's six. Well, I mean, it's a long way, but when they go back up North, it's in a tighter location. It's not very far from Russia to Alaska to come down, but that's still amazing. I mean, that's, we've, they've shot, they've shot some geese out here that was banded in Russia before. Right. So. And. Hold on a second. You're breaking up just a little bit. But I just found another one. Uh, Washington State Hunter Recovers Bull Sprig Banded in Japan. This is the one that you were talking about, and it was published uh, just 10 days ago. Okay. Okay, so that was a different one that I just talked about. Um, Let me see here. But, yeah, it was 5,000 miles. Let me see if I can find out. Uh, It was banded in downtown Tokyo. Yeah, that's what this is saying. So... Corey Makey of Sella, Washington. Did I pronounce that right? Probably not. 
You got the chi- Japanese word well, right, but the the Washington name you fucked up. How do you, I, I believe it's Sela. Sela? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Found this out after recovering a uh, Drake Pintail banded in Japan on the final week of season. Uh, Mackie was hunting with a group of friends not far from Moses Lake. <clears throat> the group had already had good shoots Friday and Saturday, so there wasn't much pressure for Sunday hunt. Ba, 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 ba. Um, I don't give a shit about any of that. Uh, the Drake Pintail was killed in central Washington, was banded in Japan in 2015, but it does say downtown uh, downtown Tokyo. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I heard those guys too. I think I'm trying to remember who it was. That's badass. Oh, our, our friend, Brad Bortner, now chief uh, for over six years prior to that. Uh, Bortner said he found out about the Drake Pintail. It sounds like he might have been on the hunt. That's interesting stuff, I'm telling you right now. Pretty cool deal. Might have to get Brad back on the podcast. Ducks are uh, an amazing deal. Keeps everybody all together out there. Everybody's same family, same thing, same goals. Just shoot ducks and be happy. Y'all think, yes, what, what, what are your thoughts on, we're going to touch on two things now since we're talking waterfowl, this this podcast for a change. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of internet battles going on right now over shooting roost. Have you seen all that shit? Uh, I mean, that's an uh, age-old battle. Well, Jeff. it's a lot lot of it going on. What, what do you, a lot of, it's getting a lot of it's attention a on lot of, social uh, media? Yes, a lot of the Oklahoma guys roost, shooting roost. And here's my thoughts on this deal. I'm in the hunt business, and your goal is to give your clients the best hunt possible. Mm-hmm. If you shoot the roost all the time, you're going eventually going to push your birds out. Been there, done that, seen it happen. Got the shirt. But you also are trying to give your clients the best hunt possible to do. So I understand why these guys do that. Do I agree with them doing it all the time? No. I think you need to try to hunt the land as much as you can, leave the water alone. So I am on the side of the guy who's trying to make a living and make his clients happy. But you also got to reserve your your resources, and I think they're going to push their resources out of there. That's my two cents on that, but I have read a lot about it. What is your thoughts on that, Andy? Oh, uh, you're going, uh, you, you go to, you go to Clancy first. Okay. Clancy, you tell me, what do you think? About and do that? you see any of that in your area or are they, or is that just a Southern deal? Uh, I think that's more of a Southern deal. Um, a lot of the geese that, well, I mean, it happens in Washington too, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, where they all kind of roost in one location. But as far as where I'm at over here in Idaho, I mean, a lot of the geese that we shoot in the fields around here roost on the Spokane river that flows from Coeur d'Alene to Spokane. And it's a no hunting zone. So those geese don't get messed with on the roost ever. That's great. Um, and uh, they're, they'll constantly bounce back and forth from the fields to the roost. And um, But no, I, I think it definitely does happen. Um, and I guess really it just, if you, see that's where like it's a little weird because water's public up here for the most part unless it's like a tiny little pond that a farmer has. So if you have permission from that farmer and that's your pond to hunt and the, you want to shoot your own roost, I don't, I think, you know, go for it. But I think it's different when you got a whole bunch of guys that share the same roost, probably down for you where you guys are at and in Texas and other places. Um, and that's probably where, you know, everybody's expecting their birds to leave and come from that roost and if you blow them out of that roost, they're not going to get their birds to what their other fields. So, well, most of these guys, 
are letting the birds get off in the morning and they're hunting them and, and as a, they call it a loaf. But the fuckers, if, if you happen to watch, if you're watching them leave in the morning and you're going in there at eight o'clock or nine o'clock after that's they leave, roost, that's a roost. It's not a loaf. Right. Then call it what you want to. Right. A loaf is when, it, to me, a loaf is when they feed some, they come off of one roost somewhere, they feed, and then they go to a different body of water and. You know, because a lot of pl- a lot of times they'll find a smaller body of water that's closer to where they're feeding. That way, they don't have to go all the way back to the roost. So, if it's a different pond for their afternoon set, that's a loaf. If, like Jeff said, if you're watching the bastards fly out of there, and then you're hunting them when they come back, you're just hunting the roost at ten thirty in the morning. Yes, and that's and and it's getting to be a big, I guess, a big debate going on right now and. And I've seen both sides. I've been on both sides. But I've got 16 clients here, and that's the best option to shoot birds for a day. And I can put all 16 guys together to do it. I've done it before. I've had it backfire on me, and I've had it work real good for me. But yeah. it's, it's all part of the game of doing it. But one guy was one, one guy was really, really adamant about it. And it's like, you know, you – What did he say? Uh, he, was, he was on this outfitter's ass about you didn't do a good job of taking care of your clients. You're half-assed. You're stealing money from people, blah, blah. You put us together. You did this, that. There is no outfitter out there that wants to have a bad hunt. Mm-hmm. I've never, ever thought, man, I'll tell you what we're going to do today. We're going to fuck these guys' eyeballs out, and we're going to get them on a shitty hunt. That's We're going to show them. You know, there's not an outfitter out there that does that. Every outfitter's got the same goals. Now, it's hunting, and things happen, and I've had days I thought we were going to shoot the shit out of them real fast, and we struggled to shoot a bird all day, and I've had days I thought, boy, it's going to be a tough, tough day with traffic, and we're done in 30 minutes. I mean, I've seen it both sides. But I've never intentionally tried to give someone a bad hunt. I've, we've had hunts. I knew it was going to be a tough day. You got no wind. It's seventy-five degrees. Uh, it's full moon. Whatever that is. There's there's days that are just going to be tough days, and you know it. But this guy, I think he was he was. I don't think he was being fair to the outfitter. But I don't think the outfitter was forthcoming with all his information. But it was just a bad deal. But the guy was complaining because they did a big roost shoot and it ended up not working. Okay, and that happens. Sure. And and you could do a big field shoot and it not work. Yep been there done that too yeah i mean it's it's hunting but i don't i i think these guys shooting these roost deals i think if they want to do long term they're not helping their long-term goals right they're gonna push you can't shoot especially this year right where we are right now we're having a horrible drought and a lot of people don't notice it because it's been in the winter time but uh yeah one of my local farmers told me the other day that he's had an inch and a quarter rain since september 1st yeah and that's horrible because September and October are third and fourth wettest months of the year. It's June, it's May, June, and then September, October, the second two. And we're already in a big drought, and the rain chances, every time we got a bunch of rain coming in a week, they take it out two days before. Well, if we don't get some rain in these areas in Oklahoma don't get some rains, it's going to be really bad come next fall. Well, you that's can't, when you're going to fuck that's yourself. when you're going to fuck yourself and you're going to push them birds somewhere else. Because right now, if they've got if they've got two, and then I'll answer your question, but if they've got two or three or three or four roosts that they can bounce to when you hunt them, it's not as big of a deal. But if you get down to one or two roosts and then you start burning them down once, twice, uh, once a week, twice, twice um, a month, every other week, you're going to start running into problems. My thinking is if you've got the resources and you've got multiple places of bodies of water where these birds can go after you shoot at them on the roost, I think it's okay. But if you start getting into drier conditions 
and you get down to one or two roosts, you're not going to help yourself in the long run. You, I mean, short term, you're going to be okay because you're probably yeah. – pre- listen, but that's another thing. If you get down to one or two roosts and you hunt them on the roost, you're fucking guaranteed a slam dunk. I mean, you're, you're the only game in town. So yep. when when you do have multiple bodies of water, you you know it's kind of you you run a little bit more of a chance at them not coming back to where you are. But I would say avoid it if you can at all possible. But at the same time, you know you are in the business to produce and to produce good hunts and to create memories for these clients. And if that's your only option, as bad as it is, I mean that that's kind of what you got to do. But you've also got to not be shocked when you look up and. Your area is not the hot area anymore. No. And, yeah. I mean, you know, there are consequences to everything that you do. You know, if you hunt them in the same field all the time, you're going you're gonna to run the risk of those birds not flying over that field for a long time. So just be ready for the consequences, but you are in the business of having good hunts, and no matter how short-sighted it may be, a couple years from now, you know, you might not be in the hot area anymore. Let, let, me, let me ask you this then. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna end. I'm gonna say this. I guess I'm not asking you. I don't understand why anybody would want to hunt water if you've got a hot field to hunt. Right. First of all, if on a hot field hunt, you may be done at eight a.m. Yeah. If you're hunting on a roost deal, you're lucky. Time you get everything picked up and shit, it's one o'clock sometimes or one thirty. Oh, yeah. So I don't know why anybody wants to hunt water anyways. The the benefit to hunting water is to get to shoot some ducks. Also, that's the only thing. But if you're in a hot, hot field, I'd much rather take the hot field and a dry field. It's easier on your equipment. It's easier to hunt. It's easier on your guides. So that that that's so be it. Yeah. Anyways, I just that was that was part of my conversation piece, and I didn't know if y'all dealt with that up in Washington or not. Yeah, I definitely think that's a problem in some areas, but for the most part, right where I'm at, uh, it's not a big. If if you could shoot the roost, it would get shot all the time, and it wouldn't roost birds because the guys, you know people would be in there shooting them because it's public. So are the bodies of water? See, that's another thing. Like down here, it's smaller bodies of water. Like I got to imagine the, the, the lakes that you guys have are acres upon acres upon acres of just, just nothing but water. Um, like down here, you could, there's a lot of these roosts that you could damn near shoot across if it's right conditions. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did get to see some of that when we were down there uh, driving around and you see just, all like you could have walked across this you know good good sized lake on the backs mm-hmm. of birds and i thought that was just insane because we have so much water here that you don't see that i mean you'll see them all out in the bays and stuff and they roost in pretty big open water and then for the most part they'll they'll take off out of there in the morning and then you'll see them like roost in a big open water and loaf in a river. And so we've been able to shoot sometimes where it's a true ish loaf. It's not somewhere where they roost, but it's in a river and that's always a good after mid morning hunt. Yeah. That's what Blake and them do in Nebraska. They, they've got the plat that runs through some of their land. Well, they just, those birds go there uh, mid morning and they, they go out there about nine o'clock. Set up, uh, set up in the pit, get the heater rolling, and and then they just they start trickling back and shit. I mean, really, by the time the big flights are coming, they're bumping a limit. Do you uh, yeah. do you, have you ever noticed? I think this is pretty funny. I see guys, especially that do the roost shoots or the loaf shoots, whatever they call it. They go to Canada and hunt somewhere else, and then they bitch because some somebody hunts the fucking some roost. Asshole and blew the roost. Blew the roost. She fucked it up. Think well, that's what you do all the fucking time, you know. <laughs> so. Just hypocrites. They should be all fucking politicians. 
Speaking of speaking of Blake, speaking of hypocrites, he's not a hypocrite. No, Blake and Emily got engaged, and we all knew this was coming on our trip. I my advice to him was don't ask her until we're fucking either the last day right before we get on the plane. That way, if she says no, it's not awkward for all of us. Is that rude of yeah. me to think that? I mean, I didn't yeah. want to ruin my trip. Yeah, that's a gamble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be um, well. You want me to take you to the airport? She can stay, or you want me to take her to the airport? The best picture that we got the whole time was uh, Blake and Emily. They're they're cheesing it up after after they got engaged, and then here comes Trevor in the background, and he he photo bombs them. Oh, best picture nice. that we got from the whole trip. Nice. We were I was tooted. I don't know about Blake because you know some women. What get day was this? Isla Mueras. Yeah, after all the free damn Jeff, tequila. I don't like to I don't like to throw people under the bus because you listen, women get a little little weird whenever you start talking about these monumental moments and them and then they come to find out that you might have been intoxicated. So <laughs> there's a good chance on this trip the only person that wasn't very intoxicated is me. Well. And and Miss Austin. Yes. Yeah. She was she was totally sober the entire she time. She is such a trooper too. Yeah. I mean to be around a bunch of fucking drunks all the time. <laughs> and she was just easy going. I busted my ass down there big time. It's whoever the fuck at Planet Hollywood thought it would be smart to put a drainage ditch on one side of the sidewalk should have their ass whipped. I'm stumbling drunk like not not in a good I'm trying to go get my covid test scheduled. I look over to my wife. I, I look over to my wife. I'm literally just following my feet. I have no idea where we're going. Just following my feet, like it's that kind of drunk. Like they're just they're in motion, and I'm just trying to stay. Just trying to stay with them. Trying to stay balanced. I look over to my wife, and my fucking flip flop <laughs> falls into this ditch. Roll my right leg, and I catch myself with my left knee. Skid across the sidewalk. Luckily, I don't spill my drink. Not one drop. That's how I was, you know, I was professional by this point. Skid across the sidewalk, bounce, come up, and walk it off. But everybody's fucking laughing at me behind me. My wife, you know, calling me a drunk ass. And But fucking, there, there's water. There's a drainage ditch right there. I, it was not, not good planning on Planet Hollywood. The part. They're like, oh, shit, we need to drain this water. Put a ditch there. Yeah, put it right there. That way everybody can fall whenever they're Stepping. stumbling drunk at night. It was a good time, though. We signed a T-shirt for somebody uh, that Trevor's friends with up there. Do you know who that is? I don't know. I don't have one signed, so well, I'll have to work on Maybe next year in Texas we'll come see you. Because we were going to try and do that this trip. Right. Trevor was going to come down, but then the flights just kept changing them and kept getting more expensive so yeah no shit i'm looking at flights right now for us to all fly to seattle as a family and don't go there huh well that's where my 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 youngest son lives there we're not going we're going to stay on ocean we're going to stay on the on the uh, on the ocean in the beach in the northwest my my youngest andy's youngest jameson is just all about free willy so we're going to go see some orcas and it's gonna be a grandkids it's gonna be all all three of our boys Wives, grandkids, everybody's going together. Tony and Kyle are going with this, and I'm, be fun. I'm on Air Alaska right now because that's the best, li- the best, and that's what Trevor and them flew to Mexico on, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's the best price. <laughs> Fucking airlines are twice as high as they were. I flew round, yeah. I flew round trip first class to Seattle after COVID that first summer, 
and I think we flew one hundred and sixty dollars first Ooh. class. And right now it's looking at about six hundred dollars a ticket round just for round trip on just do flying you, in the peasant section. Do you get into Montana any to hunt, or do you mainly stick around your area? Mainly stick around my area in Washington, um, just you know, right over in the Spokane area with with the guys from PC. But um, no, I haven't really done anything in Montana. Um, don't know that like the Missoula flight is great, and that's probably the closest area because um, it's just mountains from here to Missoula. So right. don't think right. you're gonna see a whole lot. I know that Trevor went up towards Helena this year, I think. And uh, they did pretty good up there. And then that flight kind of re- rolls right down into Butte and Bozeman area. So we're, we kind of sit right on the edge of the Pacific Flyway. And then you got a whole bunch of mountains before the Central Flyway starts. See, my where I would like to go, Idaho is definitely on the list. And then Montana. Those are the two states that I would really like to waterfowl hunt in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Idaho is a lot of fun. Um pretty cool when you're shooting big geese and then in the background giant you know snow-covered mountains and people are skiing up there now when does your season start did it start september 1 like it does a lot of places uh no we're mid-october oh. so they set it based on with what the day falls on or because they we run till january end of january so you got a long season then up there yeah, it's like 120 days or something. It's got to be a cold some bitch hunting up there in January, though. Oof. Yeah, yeah. January 1st this year was like negative four. Oh. First day this year. Do How you are have... you hunting them? Are you pits or layouts? Uh, layouts and snow oh, covers. Fuck that. would be miserable. What do y'all yeah. now? Do y'all have any of the uh, thermal ponds or whatever the hell they call that shit that's in Yellowstone? Some warm water springs. We get yes. a couple of those there. Yeah, there's a couple around, um, and they hold ducks great. Yeah, no, it's when everything locks up, if you can find a warm water spring, it's a ball. I bet that is a there. damn blast shooting greenheads there. Yeah. That that would be fun. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like those little creeks that the dive bomb guys hunt and stuff. Um, I don't have any of the creeks that run like that, but we've got a couple ponds that just don't freeze because they have some sort of – warm water spring underneath them and yeah no it's uh it can be real fun if they've found it because it kind of takes them a while to find it because it's not something they would normally hit if everything's open so they've kind of got to be around when it gets cold and go hey that that water's open and just kind of keep using it until everything locks up and then it's the only water around it would be like hunting that fucking water in red river new mexico right yeah fuckers ain't i mean there's a hundred mallards sitting there because that's the only place to go yeah now do do y'all hunt do you have a, a strong resident population there when the season starts, or are you hunting totally migrators? We have a pretty good resident population, but I think about because everybody gets jacked up to go on opening day. So I think after the first week, that resident population has got, you know, they're licking their wounds and they're moving out. And then it kind of is a gap of when are we going to get some new birds? Um, so if the weather's not nice, it can kind of create a slow start, but I don't know. We chase the resident ones around until they decide to leave. Do you have sandhill cranes that nest where you are, like in Montana? Uh, not in this area. I don't think I've ever seen any, um, nesting. I'm not positive that they don't, but I mean, I do a lot of running around in my duck boat in the summer, you know, fishing and whatnot. And 
I haven't seen any around. Do so. they? Do y'all have cranes where you're at? Do y'all have a crane season in Idaho? No. Well, down south. So Idaho's really like totally. You know how once you leave Spokane, it turns to high mountain desert. Uh huh. Once you go south into southern Idaho, same thing, and it's just desert and lots. I mean, there's lots of rivers and stuff to hunt. I know a bunch of guys that do well down there, and there is an area in Idaho where there is a crane season, but you can shoot two, I think, and then that's it for the year, and I think you might even have to draw it. I think I remember we had a guy on that talked about that. And it talked about yeah. going somewhere, and they had to draw, and they can only shoot one or two a year. And yeah, I think, I think you shoot I, one, you know, and then if, yeah, you have to go get a permit to shoot the second one, maybe even. I know they're leaving yeah. here in droves right now, which is usually about the time they start heading back. But um, you walk outside, no, and you I would just like hear them. You just hear them yeah. all hours of the That's day, awesome. and they're getting the hell out. Well, fuck it's it's eighty degrees here today, so I'd be oh. getting out of here too. But they're calendar migrators because yeah. every year on spring break this time of year, yeah. they they come out here by the thousands coming out of Mexico and the South Texas coast. And they're going through, which wow. weird because we don't have very many. Around. I haven't been to where that we had, we keep once crane season where we were done chasing them and stuff. But I hadn't seen any flying anywhere. But they obviously somewhere south of us is holds a bunch of them so late in the year. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So uh, I would agree also. But yeah, they're they're making that trek north. And we had well, Ben Fujon was on here, and he said usually when when you see cranes, your conservation season is about over with. So. I don't know. Mm. I it ain't very far from Blake's house in Nebraska. No, know, as a, as a crane flies. So I saw um, if it if it keeps up like this, I don't know how much longer Nebraska is going to have a bunch of snow. Geese. I went through the peanut country yesterday, and I did not see a or yet two days ago, right at prime time, and I didn't see a goose flying anywhere. A week They're ago, gone. before we went to Mexico, there was still a bunch of birds here. Well, fuck, it was snow on the ground when we left from Mexico. I understand yeah. that, but it's just a week. It's just a week ago. Right. That was one week ago today. There was a bunch of geese. I didn't see one, so I'm assuming all our geese are gone now. Calendar and hot. They knew it was uh, Yep. Um, time to go. But they're still shooting snow geese in Arkansas, I think, right now, which is surprising. I, I don't know nothing about the snow goose game other than it's fucking miserable. There's a dude that makes fucking post about shit that's comical to fall because he's a train wreck. And that's about all I know about snow goose hunting. But yeah, I, that's I what, went down and did it last year one time. It was It was pretty fun, but it was also very, very – train recce <laughs> where did you do it at in arkansas what was the weather like was it miserable or was it, it was uh pretty pleasant right when that right when that big freeze let up or like right afterwards because you guys all got that super deep freeze and it was i was with trevor and stefan and uh mather and those guys so we went up or down and met up with uh bennett in Arkansas, and yeah, it was a muddy mess. I saw but, one of Bennett's stories the other day, and his entire layout was full of water. Just yeah, Puff I saw that, that one dumping it out. Oh, and they left guns and stuff in there too. I don't know if they were just—I don't know if it was like a freak, if they got more rain than they were expecting to, or what. But like they, yeah, he had his gun left in there, and I was like, oh no, that is not a good situation. There is. The hunts I watched, I watched the guy video the other day with the guys, and they're just they're just shooting in the air, just yeah. unloading those guns, and the geese are falling and shit. And I thought that would be fun, but all the work and the details. The only way my fat ass is doing it is if I'm going on an executive hunt where they take me out on a fucking quad, drop me off where I'm going to hunt, and that's it. I don't want to roll yeah. around in the mud like a pig, anyways. And it just it just does not look. 
interesting. The only way I would want to do it is go to a pit up north somewhere where you're in a pit and it's comfortable. But Yeah, I think if I do it again, that would be the way to do it, is yeah. somewhere in the Dakotas. Did you have a fucking headache all day from that e-collar? Oh, I, I heard it in my sleep for like a week afterwards. Oh, screw that. <laughs> yeah. Like Austin Kaufman, he looks like he's doing a lot more comforting than everybody else is. Well, it's also, I mean, it's nice in the Dakotas right now. You know, it's 60, 70 degrees, sun shining. So, you know, of course it looks pleasure, yeah. pleasurable. Fuck, you get in Arkansas and they get nothing but rain and ice and shit. Well, it looks like you're fucking in a crocodile or, or, or a damn crawfish farm. Yes. Just sloppy ass fucking water and mud. You know, nothing about it looks interesting at all other than to shoot a few birds. Did y'all have a good hunt when you were down there? Yeah. Yeah, we had a great hunt. It was uh, the first time I'd ever shot a snow goose because we don't get a whole lot of those either. And, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was fun to go down and do the whole e-collar unplugged guns deal. And cause yeah, it was foreign to me until then. Was there a lot of drama involved? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all drama. Yeah. No, but it was fun. I mean, it's kind of cool too watching them cause it's a different style of hunting complete for the most part from what I know, like. I mean, the first time I, we ever really laid in decoys was in Texas this year. We just don't have a whole lot of spots that that works up here. You're constantly, like, on the edge in, in layouts? Yeah, yeah edge, edge hides. and That's and, that's kind of how we do it here. We do A-frame, edge, pivot heads a lot. Um, towards the end of the year, um, we had the same birds here January 15th that we had here November 15th, so... They were pretty wise to the game. So January, we started having to switch it up quite a bit. So um, we hunted in underneath the, the dive bomb socks, which is a game changer. Because um, a long time ago, we used to have to dig like full body coffin grave type things. And our client, as our clientele has gotten older, well, those holes are a lot harder for, for these guys to dig. So being able to uh, just set a chair up and then have those tall socks over you and hide that way, it's a game changer. You know, you're not having you're not having to uh, dig fucking graves at five o'clock in the morning. And um, yeah, I mean, wh- whoever at Dive Bomb figured that out, like my hats off to you because it's the way to go now. We hunted a Milo field down there in Texas that I would have swore to you if I had not been able to see what i was walking on that it was concrete yeah but it was hard stuff yeah 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 so i mean you wouldn't be able to dig a uh a coffin in one of those things the good thing is about out here where we are it's we hunt mostly peanuts so it's 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 a real loose sandy you're it's like digging on the beach but still i mean you know you do that 90 days in a row and it's, it's hard on your back even as a youngster and then you get somebody out here from dallas fort worth that picks up a shovel once every decade and they look at you like you got a dick growing out of your forehead like what the fuck you want me to do with this like i don't even know how it works and they start for they start upper body in it and you got to go back and then they bitch all day because the first hole wasn't right and they're laying flat on their back and um so yeah the 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 chairs and the socks if you're hiding out in the middle is is definitely a whole hell of a lot easier than the way we were doing it yeah, those chairs are neat. But, you know, I mean, you look back at it and 15 years ago, 10 years ago, none of this shit existed. Dive bomb, you know, they, they didn't have any of that shit out. So you had to do with, you had to play with what you had. We had silhouettes and we had a shovel and some plywood. So this is how we're going to hide. But being able to adapt with the times is, 
definitely important. Equipment has changed more since I've been in the hunting business in the last probably 10 years than it did the first 20 years I was in business. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, it, and, it, and there's no telling what's going to be next. I don't know what can be next. Um, someone I mean, needs we, to come up with a way to launch a goose decoy in the air that comes back to you like they're landing. I know that sounds so fucking absurd, but I'm telling you, I said forever that if you got some kind of decoy motion that would roll over like a goose picks itself up, these flock of flickers and stuff is kind of that way. But if there's a way to get a sh- to, to shoot a goose, there's some kind of air cannon to shoot it up about 100 yards in the air where it unfolds and it's got cupped wings and you can retrieve that fucker right back in, I'm telling you that's a game changer. But I mean, you know, you look at you look at things like that. But if you look at where we are, we're just kind of recycling. We're just kind of at a different point of where we were twenty years we're ago. We're just improving it. We've improved. Yeah, the the silhouette has been improved tremendously. The socks have been improved tremendously by dive bomb. But when you look at it, they were still around twenty years ago. They're just a whole lot better now. So you're kind of just riding on an improved wheel, almost. They didn't reinvent the wheel. They just made it a whole hell of a lot better at dive bomb. The A-frame has been a game changer. Yeah. And now the Stanfield stool, which will make it more comfort. So there you go. I don't know how you do layouts all the time. They, they hurt me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I try not to as, as much as possible. But a lot of times that's what we got. So. Yeah. You got to play with what you got. So yep. uh, do you have any turkeys up there? It's getting, uh, getting to be about turkey season. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of turkeys. Um, they're everywhere. Um, I have never really shot a turkey the, you know, the right way to like call a turkey in and shoot. It's kind of just been like happenstance. Like, Hey, there's a turkey. Um, So this year I'm actually going to go out with some guys from PC and I'm going to actually do my first ever like turkey, call them in to a decoy and shoot them that way. So I'm pretty excited about that. You should. Sure. It's fucking, it's, they're all set up for, they're selling turkey calls like left and right. And, you know, they got a big turkey line launching. Fuck yeah, you should get into that. It's a lot I'm, of fun. I'm going to the turkey show next year. And I don't even turkey hunt. I want to see that. The, yeah, was it in Nashville? Yeah. It's there every year. We're going we're gonna to go next year. At the Gaylord? Is that what that place yep. is called? Fly up there, yeah. walk around for a couple of days. A lot of I've got a lot of friends that go there and a lot of people. Yeah. I want to go by and just visit with people. I think it would be interesting to get away. Are, yeah, are, I heard that hotel's beautiful. Are you coming down to Texas for the ducks thing whenever Trevor and them do, or you're gonna you're gonna stick around up there? No, I think I'll be up here for that. I think I'm gonna try to go to Game Fair okay. um, with them this year. So I don't know that I'll be down in Texas. I got because I gotta run my own show over here at the equipment shop. So kind of gotta s- spread my time off around. You're you're a one man band, so like somebody's you know if you don't show up to work, shit doesn't get done. Yep, yep. Got to keep the guys in line. Yeah, I, I understand. Well, Clancy, we're gonna let you out of here. It's been an hour, and we appreciate your time, my friend. Been a good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Been been a good visit. We appreciate you. God bless you, man. I hope you have a great, great, great summer. Stay awesome. safe hey. and watch out for Bigfoot. Yes, sir. God bless you guys. Hey, too. before we'll we let you go, Jeff brought it up. You ever seen anything like that? I seen some weird stuff in the woods at night. I don't really couldn't tell you what it was, but uh, 
I didn't want to be there at that moment. Hold on a second now. We're not, like, let, we're not letting you go that fast now. We're, we're, are we like, talking like two midgets fucking a goat or something like really different? Weird? Like like no, Bigfoot or extraterrestrial? Uh, I think more Bigfoot category. Bigfoot category for sure. Well, wouldn't he be an extra? No, no. We don't know what he Same, is. Same. Yeah, I don't know. He uh, If he's around, he probably lives up here. I know they see him more in California, but uh, I think... Uh, Tell us, tell us about around. your, tell us about your sighting. Oh, you know, just you know, uh, I don't just waterfall hunt. It's definitely my uh, main goal, but I definitely do a little big game hunting too. Okay. And uh, okay. walking out of the elk woods at night with just a bow in your hand when you can't really see anything that Oof. your headlight isn't shining on, gets a little eerie. And there's some times where, you know, it sounds like something's running on two feet versus four feet <laughs> near you. And, it's a little nerve wracking when there's no moon out and coming out of the woods. So I've just been, been a little, uh, hair on the back of your neck stands up. It can also like jump out and, uh, yeah. That's no fun. (laughs) I saw a, I had a guy send me a video three days ago of something up by Hackberry flats in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, and I'm telling that, you, that's a big, that's this, a big whatever big place. He, the video showed a guy walking in a fucking. Some bitch looked like he was seven foot four, and looked like a monkey. Big old stuff all over him, walking right across the ridge. I mean, he had video and shit, and don't know what it was, but it, if it was someone playing a prank, they were about twelve hundred yards away, and they got need a better hobby than just go around fucking with people like that. But it was something there. I saw the video; it was interesting. So your best guess, Bigfoot? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Ooh, that's a yes. Yeah, it's a yes. I'm a I'm a believer. Yep, I'm a believer. Just based off of your own interactions out in the woods, like what you've seen and what you've heard, that that's what's led you to uh, thinking that there is a Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, I think they're smart. I think you know we don't find dead ones laying around because I think there's a bunch of them. I think they, you know, uh, no one really lives to tell about seeing them if you see them too close. So, there's an old Indian legend that they, uh, they're a spirit that can't be seen if they don't want you to see them. That's stupid, Jeff. I'm telling you what that spirit is. That's why they say you can't get them on picture hardly or something. If they know you're there, they fucking disappear. I, I don't know. That's dumb. I've seen some weird ass shit in the country, so I, I don't want to. I don't know. I know. I, I have two friends that have had experiences with Bigfoot that saw something that looked like a Bigfoot. They think it's a Bigfoot. Both are great guys that don't lie. And I've seen. Some, I've got a couple of buddies of mine. I've had inner have have seen or heard shit that swear it was a Bigfoot, but they they can't prove it. So I'm not. I'm not going to call anyone a liar that says they have or not. First of all, you got some big ass balls because there is no way I'm walking through bear territory with just a fucking bow and arrow at nighttime. It ain't happening. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it can be a little nerve wracking, especially oh. when you're, you know, you find yourself farther away from your pickup than you wanted to be, and you're coming out at night. And that's, Fuck yeah. That. So, if someone says they seen him, I, I'm not going to tell them they're wrong either. So he could be out there. Have you ever had a run in with a bear? Um, nothing crazy. Um, I did a little bear baiting back in the day and we used to have a bunch that we'd, uh, and it'd be on the bait when you bring stuff into it. So been, uh, real close to some, but, uh, never really had any, you know, where I thought I was in immediate danger. 
Could it be like a bear somehow on on two legs or something, pawing at a tree or some shit like that? I, I, that's yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Possible. And I know they stand up. I don't know how well they rock around on two legs, but I know they stand up. Yeah. So you saw something on two legs walking, is what you're telling us. Heard something. No, he sees something. Yeah, it, it just you know the step cadence is a little different when you're on four versus two, and I think there's a you know when you're trying to hear something and you stop and you're trying to be quiet you can hear something moving around you fuck that bears mountain lions and bigfoots up there bull hey hell no we got mountain lions you do oh Oh, yeah look at that (laughs) yeah i can did you treat how did you shoot that one did you treat him with dog or yeah that one's my dad's actually he uh he does a lot quite a bit of hound hunting with uh, some of his friends so this is actually his office. I, my office is a service truck. So, I'm, uh, yeah. Do you have a um? This is just a question. You're bow hunting. You ever use thermals to walk out with so you can see better or night vision? No, no. Well, I would damn sure have some of some bitches too. Yeah, I think they're really expensive though. I don't. I've never really looked into anything like that but most of the time the headlamp and it's real dark you know where you're going and then as soon as the sun starts to peak up a little bit you can kind of you know let your eyes adjust just like in the goose field you kind of see what's going on let me tell you something underwear is expensive these days and every day i had to walk out i'd shit on myself so i'd have to buy a new <laughs> set of drawers so eventually those those thermals would pay for themselves yeah, that's not a that's not a bad point. Yeah, I mean, underwear is about fifteen dollars a pair for good seat covers these days. That's so if you, on the low side. Yeah, so if you hunt twenty days a year, that's three hundred bucks a year on new shitty drawers. So it don't take yeah. very many long, very many years to pay for some thermals. So yeah, no, you got bigger balls than I do, my friend. So it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, have a great spring and summer. Good luck on your turkey hunt. I hope it goes very very well for you. Um, if it does, you'll be. You'll be hooked. It's a lot of fun to do in the springtime. Yep. So. Uh, hopefully uh, hopefully we get together this uh, this winter sometime. Get down here yeah. and hunt with us. Be great. That would be awesome. You have a good day, sir. Right Thank on, you. guys. God right, bless bro. you. Bye. God bless you, bud. Very nice guy. You're putting a lot of stock into what the Native Americans said, Jeff. I'm just telling you what the, the fable is. There's a lot of them. They got a lot of fables. I know. They I just told any, you what it was. They don't make any I didn't sense. say it was true. I just told you what it was. There's a lot of them. That book I was reading, there's a lot of Indian things. What book? Blue Skies, Black Water? No, that's a good book. The Comanche book about the Indians. Comanche Moon? We talked about that the other day. Oh, Empire Summer Moon. Yeah, Empire Summer Moon. But the, the Indians have a lot of mystique. They have a lot of things that they believe in that we don't believe in. And that's one of the things they say. I don't know. I'm just telling you right now, I've seen the video we've seen of Ted Wells's. Was it Ted? Yep. Or Tim. Tim Wells. That's a that video was really weird. It was middle of nowhere and a hell of an athlete. If you get LeBron James put on a monkey suit and run through the jungle or the woods and the, whatever it is, you're not gonna find very many athletes that can do that shit. I mean, it just and to be that fast and at that in just the middle of nowhere. Plus, would you not be worried about some fucker shooting your ass? No. Yeah. What would you do if well, you were in the woods in a deer stand and a bigfoot looking thing walked by? Oh man, I don't know. Part of me says I'd I'd shoot it, but part of me is like, Are you worried about shooting it and another motherfucker's eating you that are coming out? But it's buying. Oh no, 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 Jeff, I'm fucking deadly. I listen. Well, so so you've got a ri- registered weapons, Jeff. Yeah. So, 
That's what I, that's I, what scare me. If there's one of them, there's going to be another one to eat your ass if you shoot him. What would bother me is the fact that this could be a prank, and I might end somebody's life for that, being stupid, for being a, a moron. Well, if you were on a jury, and some dude shot some Bigfoot walking through the deal, I wouldn't you convict got, him no, of murder. No, 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 you can't. You, you can't. convict the other guy for being a dumbass for wearing a suit in the woods. Yeah. Listen, you you play you play silly games, you win silly prizes. That's right. And if you put on a gorilla costume and you walk through the woods of somebody that you know is armed to try to get a rile out of him when he can't really distinguish what it is, I, you're asking for problems. It's a wonder you don't hear about that. Well, there's not very many idiots going to walk around in a fucking suit. Yeah, but there's a lot of idiots out there. Is this the one? This is uh, Tim Wells. So if you go to our oh, YouTube fuck. channel. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. forgot I had him up there. Close that. You go to our YouTube channel, the Big Honker Podcast. There's a video that we're going to post right now. Well, I don't know if I can. Let's see. Following footage. Oh, we'll try. What's the worst they can do? Demonetize it? There he is. Da, 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 da. Wasn't a bear. There, you just went past, past it. it. Yeah, right there. Here it is. Bigfoot sighting. Four million views. Oh, fuck, I missed it again. Right there it is. I think that's it. I think so. Is it growling at him? Here it comes. There he is. That's ballsy in itself just to try to shoot it with a bow. I'm a fucking hair stand up watching this shit. Go back again. I think we've already missed it again. No, it runs at him. I don't think we hadn't gone far enough. I think there's another encounter. I think I can't see. I think it's back. One Where time he ran at him. It jumps over the damn edge of the the cliff. Yeah, because that's is. the thing that I saw. Is it? <laughs> I think this might be it. Here it is. Fuck yeah. that. Mm. That looks like a hoodie, though. When you look at it. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to. Zooms in. He zooms in on it here. Mm. Uh, does that not look like a hoodie? No. You don't think so? Look at the very top. Look at the very top. Looks like the motherfucker needs a haircut. Right there in the top. Hoodie, mask. I don't think so. No, that's not a hoodie. You don't think so? No, when you turn sideways, you can see that's not a hoodie. Right there, it kind of does. But when he turned, when he turns, right here, you can see it's not a hoodie. It's just hair. It's just poofed up. Oh, fuck that. Mm, son of a bitch. You can see, like, he's like, what in the fuck? Oh, my God. Have I, got, mm. have I gotten a hold of? Now that watch. Looks, that looks like a hoodie to No, me. it's not. When he turns sideways, you can see it's not. See? look. No, he, it looks even more like yeah, a hoodie yeah. that way. Right, but watch this when it goes. Maybe it was cold. 
wish I could get it back just a hair. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Go go I, go! Throw it off when he goes running and jumps off. This is what's amazing to me. Is this part right here when it finishes up? I don't know that. Right there looks like a hoodie. Okay, but watch this now. She shot that motherfucker. He's behind the tree, Jeff. I mean, listen, I don't think, I don't think he would put this out there if. If he was just trying to do clickbait, this is what this is what gets me right here. Because he like he blew it up and did it in slow motion. I think if he was trying to hide something, he wouldn't have gone through. Oh, that. He, if if someone's faking it, he ain't in on it, right? I mean, he's he think he's been pranked just like everybody else has, if not. But he, you can tell by the way he's acting. That son of a bitch is nervous, scared, and wondering what the fuck he just seen. But I, don't know. I thought it went over. Go go back somewhere. It shows you jump over a freaking cliff at the end when it first does it. I, that's the only part of the video that I've seen. I I've seen one where it jumps off, it takes off running and jumps over a hill kind of deal, and he's like, what? And you can tell that's not a fucking athlete that can do some shit like that. Well, I'm quite athletic. Yeah. But, no, the, I don't think he would have gone through the trouble to blow it up, go, put it in high definition, and... Go back, back, back. It's just them talking. I thought that there was going to... They showed the whole thing where he runs and jumps off. The, he's trying to chase it. I have, I have no idea. We just saw where he was chasing it. Yeah, I thought there was another one too. Anyways, I don't know. That's fucking. That would freak me the fuck out. Would you not go back in the woods after? Fuck that? no. Really? No. Why not? I don't like big old big old vag. Yes, I am. I'm scared of the dark too. I am. I ain't gonna lie. All right, let's get on out of here. Hope everybody has a great weekend. God bless y'all. Uh, be safe. Before you leave here, check out all of our sponsors. Check out Die Bomb Industries for those wonderful socks. If you uh, want to hide out in the middle, get the kickback, put some socks over you. It's the way to go. Boss Shot Shells, Alpha Outdoors, Pacific Calls, Shin Gear Waiters, Lucky Duck, Dirty Duck Coffee, Gundog Outdoors, Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast, Steak Plains Meats, and Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. <laughs>